Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> um, how are we doing? If in, in thumbometer, so thumbometer is I'm doing pretty well. I'm in the middle. I'm having a terrible time. Um, if you give me the little thumbometer, where are we at? Okay. Do you know what? There's actually quite a lot of thumbs up there. Fair play. Congratulations to us. Um, well, here's... Uh, my prayer for us now as we, um, as we read the Bible, as we learn from the Bible together, my prayer is actually, um, if there's one thing um, that you um, do in this next kind of 20, 25 minutes, is that you engage with God. That as we take a time to reflect and look back and look forward, as we start this new year in 2024, I actually don't care if you get your phones out, if you have a sudden amazing revelation, um, if you plan your year ahead, if you hear something um, from God, I don't care how you do that, whether it's through what I say, whether it's through something that God reveals through the Bible, or however you do it, I don't care what you do. Because my prayer is that as we together as a community in 2024 um, look ahead to this year, it will be more shaped by the things of God than it will by the things of me. <laughs> that will by the things of the people up here um, that lead us. Um, so feel that as the permission. If you get distracted, if I get boring, um, if I drone on, if anything like that, like stay engaged, even if that means beyond being engaged with what I'm saying. Do you hear that? Feel that permission. This is what we're doing, we're reflecting, we're looking forward, um, we're going for um, this year, 2024, what is God going to do through our lives? Um, and I don't know if you've had a time yet already to sit down and plan your year ahead. Um, I do with um, Abby, we sit down, we actually went to a coffee shop, um, which is... Um, very extravagant, isn't it? Um, and we, we got a coffee and we sat down, we chatted, we looked through, okay, what do we want um, this year? Um, what do we want to see happen this year? Actually, what do we want to give, um, give our year to? What, what do we want God to do and shape um, in us uh, and through us? And um, another way of saying that, a question I'll ask to you, what are we, what are you going to put your energy towards this year? Um, in these moments, so often our minds turn to health and fitness, um, towards learning something new, towards eating healthily, towards new visions, dreams, goals that we want to see achieved. It might be uh, a new relationship. It might be deepening current relationships. It, it might be uh, a new job opportunity that's coming up. It might be just sticking at the current job that you've got and just doing it as best as you possibly can. Um, you might look forward and think, well, so much can happen. It's a brand new phase of life. Everything's open. Everything's new. God, I'm excited and anticipating the good things that are going to happen. It might be really close and defined. You think, I just need to knuckle down. And God, I just need your peace <laughs> to be able to get through this year. I don't know what your years look like. I don't know what, when you hear the question of what you're going to put your energy towards, what automatically um, springs to mind. But us here as a community, as we engage with this really crucial question, looking ahead to this year, um, we want to be and are shaped by the words of the Bible. Uh, and so if you've got your Bible with you, um, we're going to be looking at uh, Romans 12. Um, but before that, I don't know if you've seen um, so often and quite prevalent at the moment, this little challenge. Have you seen the 75 hard challenge? Yeah. It's like, it's big. 
at the moment. I don't know if you've not heard of it before. 75 hard is for 75 days. You have to, and, and you will turn into that guy. No matter who you are, you will turn into that guy. Um, for 75 days, each and every single day, here's what you give your life to. You follow a diet. It has to be a diet of your choosing. I'm literally reading from, I signed up for this, because I was like, I want to know what this is actually like. I have no interest in actually doing this. Maybe I will. Um, <laughs> Follow a diet already. See you later. Um, uh, it could be a diet of your choosing, but a diet must be a structured eating plan with a goal of physical improvement. Um, no alcohol or meals outside your chosen diet are allowed. Complete two, yes, two 45-minute workouts, one of which must be outdoors. See you later. Um, <laughs> drink a gallon of water. It's probably American. Don't know how much that is. Is that a lot? It's massive. Okay, that's too much. See you later. I'm going to drown. Um, <laughs> read 10 pages of book. Um, wholesome. I can read a book. I can do that. Sign me up. Um, and then the classic, what everyone needs, take a progress picture. Yeah, good. Um, so look forward over the next 75 days as day by day by day, I do these and take pictures of myself. <laughs> um, but it's weird what we give our lives to. It is weird what things that we fixate on, and in and of itself, those are actually good things, aren't they? Like, they are good things. Should I exercise more? Yeah. Should I drink more water? Um, yeah. Um, should I do two workouts, one of which must be outdoors? Like, yeah, probably. Um, like, it, it's all good stuff, but I've been watching videos of people that have done this, and every single video that I saw they all said, I'm so glad it's finished. <laughs> I'm so glad it's done. And we as people, as, uh, as human beings, can so often fixate on fleeting things, on especially coming to this new year, on things that will come and go. Um, but we want to base ourselves on things of the eternal, of things that, uh, that last for a lifetime, not just for 75 days, or not just for as long as I can do, 45 minutes worth of exercise um, and that's why we're turning to the Bible so like I said we're looking at Romans 12 um, so the words will come up on the screen but again we want to really seriously engage with scripture so if you've got a Bible with you maybe um, I'm just going to pray for us and I'm just going to pray that as we read this and believe that um, if you are brand new to faith actually we believe that not only is this uh, kind of writing and scripture. Um, not only is this um, history and things that um, uh, different people have written uh, a long time ago, we also believe that it is um, the living word um, that God can speak to us and highlight things to us um, through this text. So I'm just going to pray for us that as we read from the Bible that God will speak to you, that things will be highlighted to you that help shape your year ahead. So here it is, Romans 12. And we'll start at the beginning and we'll go through to uh, verse 16. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in according with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If, it's, if it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of lower positions. Do not be conceited. And as we have read here, these are the things that Paul, the writer of that passage that we just read, Paul, the writer of this whole uh, letter, um, shows us what it means, tells us what it means um, to live a life following Jesus. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And Paul then, we see, goes on and he almost just lists out, okay, what, offering yourselves as living sacrifices, what does that actually mean? And what it actually means is for us, if we're to give one thing this year that's in line with the Bible, maybe it's even to give our very selves to those around us, to those in our community, to those outside of this church building. What does that actually mean for us to give ourselves as living sacrifices? It means if you've got any spiritual gifts, if you can hear from God, if you could prophesy, if you're a good teacher, you've got to teach. If you are an encourager, you've got to encourage people. If you are good at giving, then give generously. So if you've got something to contribute here in church and outside into all the different spheres that you operate within, it's saying don't neglect them, but engage with them and do them. Paul goes on to say a whole list of more things. Hate what is evil. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Don't lack in zeal. Be faithful in prayer. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony. Don't be proud. It's a huge list that Paul goes on to say of maybe this year, as we look ahead to this year, what is God calling us to do as a community? Maybe it's to offer ourselves as living sacrifice. Maybe it's to do some of these things. Maybe you could even say 
that we could form our own 75 holy challenge. Oh, yes. And here's something that I think it might look like if we went for a 75-day holy challenge. Here's what it could be. 75 holy challenge, 75 days straight, offering your body as a living sacrifice. Number one, find your spiritual gifts, then use them relentlessly. (laughs) Two, cling to what is good, hate what is evil, four times a day for 45 minutes. Here we go, there's some more. Find someone who persecutes you, then bless them twice. Earn lots of money. I know you all do that. Become a successful entrepreneur. Then give all of that to the church. Only for 75 days. Um, What's that? Wake up at 5 a.m.? Do that already. And faithfully pray for your weak friends. Yep, I can do that. Um, Read your Bible daily. Memorize at least five chapters a day. Light work. Um, And of course, take a progress pic every day. Um, But when we read these lists, so often we can feel like, oh my goodness, there's a whole load of things that I now need to do. Actually, where do I even start with what my gifts are? And and there's a really helpful tool that um, is not mine, it's not our church here, the guy called Rick Warren um, uh, created, um, called, uh, called Shape. Um, and you can learn uh, about some of your, your different uh, gifts. Shape, it stands for um, spiritual gifts, heart, for what your heart beats for, abilities, personality, and experience. Um, and there's even, if you scan that little QR code, it even has like a little questionnaire um, of you can go through and you can even work out. And it's a tool, don't be bound by it. Don't be like, okay, therefore now I am an amazing evangelist, <laughs> completed it, um, but like, use it as a tool that might be helpful, that could shape some of your thoughts, that could um, help you as you look ahead to this year of what do I actually have to offer? Uh, what do I have to give to this community? What do I have to give to um, God's community towards the, the kingdom of heaven? Just a really helpful tool that, um, that you can use there. But... There's some other keys in this passage that I think are really important for us to get. Because we're so quick often to sign up for a new program or to jump in on um, some sort of uh, process or or progression kind of based um, thing. That often we can dilute our faith down to a tick box of exercises. That actually, do we need to do more things? As I've chatted to people and journeyed with people this last year, um, the number one thing that I hear from people is, I'm tired. I'm really tired. And when we approach this text, and as we are people that want to pursue the things of God and Um, and people that believe that that is the the best way to live, we can read that whole chunk of what Paul's saying and create an amazing tick list of actions that we need to do that we can sometimes elevate uh, above the God that we're here to serve and the God that deeply loves us. And Paul knows this in, in um, verse 3. It says, for, the, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. 
but think of yourself with sober judgment. And this, to be clear, is is more of a a comment about complacency and arrogance rather than self-image. And so I look around, sometimes that we can read this and we can think, oh, okay, I need to soberly judge myself, which means downplaying everything within me. But when I look around now at this room and the people that I know and the people that I'm getting to know, um, I see people that too much downplay the gifts that God has put in them. And I, I, and I know that what, what Paul is, is communicating here is not saying that if you think you're rubbish, well done, you're rubbish. <laughs> Actually, I think that for a lot of us, we need to know how gifted that we actually are. I think actually for a community, it's a key thing for us as a church, is to actually call out the things that we see in each other, and we don't do that enough. We're too quick to think sober judgment is downplay myself, rather than sober judgment being correctly assessing what God has put and is growing in me. And so challenge number one is from looking at the people around you, the people that you might know or that you're, you're getting to know, is what are the gifts that you see in them that maybe they don't see in themselves? As we push on to this year, we need to be calling those things out, encouraging each other. Now, what this is a challenge to is complacency. And I can very easily put my hand up and say, I'm complacent a lot of the time. I can be passive, I can be a bit mm, I can show a lack of interest, a lack of passion, uh, a lack of, uh, does Matt even care, does Matt even have a faith? Like, does Matt even follow Jesus? Like, I'm not seeing anything, any passion or any, because I, I know deep down I can be a, a passive individual. And soberly judging ourselves, you soberly judging yourselves, mean that actually maybe this year is a bit of a wake-up call. Actually, maybe this year, as we are, are, the vision of our church here is to see the city of Bristol transformed by the love and power of God. That's a lovely thing to say, isn't it? But actually what that means is that each and every individual here has an essential part to play. It means that in this room here, we need to be raising up worshippers who have a passion for the heart of God. We need to be raising up prayers who are faithfully praying day by day by day by day, who are interceding for those who, who have no voice. We need to raise up people that are disciples, disciples who are making disciples. We need to raise up um, teachers to be able to teach well. We need to raise up those that can hear God's voice to be able to have the platform and space to be able to share the word of God with one another. We need to raise up people that care for the poor and the marginalized. We need to raise up people and release people who have a passion for our environment a passion to care for the environment that we live here in Bristol, but also further abroad too. Actually, every single one of us has a part to play that is essential, not just in this church, but the church of Jesus Christ. This year, could this be the year 
where you push into, where you share, where you uh, actually exercise the gift that God's put in you. I'm sorry if you feel that you haven't had that space. I know what it's like being in a, in a large church like this. It can feel like I've, I've got so much to give, but I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry if that has been your experience here. Um, but as we push on into this year, um, can we like clean the slate? Can we start again? I'll say sorry. Um, but come and have a chat, and, and any of us from the team would love to connect you into all that's going on um, here. We have so many children in other services, so many young people, so many youth, that again, just crying out for a mentor. Someone to get alongside them, someone to point them towards Jesus all the time, someone to be a bit of a role model. Maybe one of us here, even though we've only got Ezra knocking around, um, we don't have a lot of kids here. Um, but maybe you'd want to engage with some of those ministries. Don't do down your gifts. We're not doing it because we're building an empire here at Woody's or some kind of self-aggrandizing activity, but because our world and our city, our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues, random people that are walking on the street need to know that they are loved by Jesus. They need to know the hope that the church is meant to be, the good news that Jesus brings to every single individual. But we need to play our part. But sober judgment also means we need to know our capacity. And like I said, the word for last year from many people was, I'm tired and I'm exhausted. So Matt, why are you giving me a whole nother list of things to do? Why are you asking me again to step up and do more when already I'm on the dregs? Because it is clear that Paul does tell us to do more. Paul does call us to actually be more of what um, Jesus wants us to be. But there's a tension that forms here, and a tension that's really important um, to acknowledge. And that's a tension of, does our faith come from actions, or our actions come from our faith? And so we've got a pulling tension of, uh, is it faith from our actions, or actions from our faith? And as someone that has followed Jesus, as many people here can say, so many times we do actually need to do things for our faith to grow. Like we do actually, we can't just be, um, oh, I'm, I'm Sabbath mat. I rest loads. And I'm feeling great. That's good. But we also need to get stuck in and involved. We also do need to actively grow in our faith. And, uh, and sometimes you actually do need a little bit of a kick. I need a kick of saying, come on, Matt, do something, and then you'll see things happen around you. But at the same time, we also read the words in, in John 15, uh, uh, what Jesus is saying is that, um, and here it is, John 15, um, verse 3, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither you can bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Now this year, 2024, I don't want your to-do list to grow. We don't want your to-do list to grow as if what you do dictates your faith. And Paul knows this, and here's the key, and this is where I'm going I'm to finish up. The key here, and you might have seen it in the beginning of verse 12 in, in Romans. It says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. In view of God's mercy. And I love mercy. Mercy is compassion, not just for those who deserve it, but for those who really don't deserve it as well. Why do I love mercy? Because I need it. I need God's mercy so badly. Uh, on, a, on a regular day, I'll, I'll barely live up to my own moral code and the, the things that I know are right in, in my head let alone the things that God says is right or wrong, let alone God's moral code. I'm in need of his mercy. Jesus showed mercy. Jesus healed the sick, whether they deserved it or not. He included those on the outside, those who don't fit in. He fed those who were hungry, innocent victims. He caught the woman caught in adultery. It says, um, who condemns you? No one around. Put the hand up. He said, neither do I. See, Jesus, who gives mercy extravagantly to us. I'm in so much need this year, always, of Jesus' mercy. I look at myself and, uh, and maybe you look at yourself too and the deeper you dive into your head, the more you realise that you're broken, the more you realise that you need Jesus. The truth and reality, something that we can pin everything onto this year is that Jesus, who didn't deserve it, went to the cross. He died a horrible death not because of anything that he'd done, but because people like you and me need saving. People like you and me, we know that we're broken. People like you and me don't experience the fullness of a relationship with God. Maybe you experience some of that brokenness in your life through feelings of shame or guilt or through broken relationships around you, whether people have done things to you or you've done things to other people. We experience every day the brokenness around us and in us. But Jesus died on a cross, taking all of our wrong, all the times that we mess up and miss the mark, all the times we miss God's perfect and moral kind of law that we're to follow. Every time Jesus takes that to the cross and dies, gives mercy, compassion for you and me. See, the key is, is when we encounter the mercy of God, 
that is when we can fully live the life Jesus wants for us. We encounter the mercy of God. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And what better way to start the year than rightly putting ourselves in relationship with God and saying, God, I need your mercy. God, I need to know the compassion that you have for me. God, I need you. And as you pro-present a chap this morning, there was an amazing um, prayer um, that, uh, that was on one of the slides. I wonder if we can, we can pull that up from, from this morning. Um, here's an amazing prayer um, from uh, the Methodist movement. Um, and it's a, a prayer of commitment going into uh, to this year. Um, and I want us all actually to have an opportunity as we start this year um, and as we uh, look to this year, give yourselves to whatever it is that you want to give yourself to. But might I suggest the best thing you can give yourself to is giving yourself to God. Might I suggest that this is the best way forward for you. But I wonder, as, as we respond, wherever you're at, whatever you've heard, whatever's connected, whatever God has been saying to you, whatever we've read, whatever I've said, I wonder if as we respond, and we'll go back into worship now, um, I wonder if actually all of us, if you're able to, um, to stand with me. And, and if you want to, um, you can read through this prayer with me. Um, it's a, a covenant prayer, a committing prayer, committing this year forward to God. I wonder in a response, because this is actually quite a big, a big time prayer. This isn't just little words that we say. This is actually a big time prayer. I so say, if you want to, with me, if you want to, this year, uh, be marked by committing your life to Jesus, to pouring yourself wholeheartedly back to him as a living sacrifice. I wonder if you want to pray this with me. Here it is. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Amen. So Father God, as we go ahead into this year, I pray that you would fill us with your spirit. I pray God that as we gather here for the first time this year, let this be a moment and a marker point for us where we say, 
you are number one in our lives. God, bring to the surface the gifts that you've put in us, the things that you want us to do this year, the ways that we can offer ourselves back to you as a living sacrifice. God, we know that this is a two-way relationship. And we ask, God, that you would speak to us now. In your name, Jesus.